0: Asia-Pacific stocks are starting the week off on a sour note. Sydney is down three-quarters of a percent. The Nikkei is in the red as well, on news that Japan's economy shrank more than 27% in the second quarter of the year. Seoul, meanwhile, is closed today for a public holiday. Joining us now to break down all the market action is Vasu Menon. He's Executive Director for Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank. Good morning, Vasu. Great speaking with you. Good morning, Michelle. Let's start Thank you this e- the show. Oh, always a pleasure. Let's start with breaking news this morning. Uh Tokyo announcing that Japan's economy shrank more than twenty seven percent in the second quarter of the year, a huge percentage, also the biggest drop on record. And the third straight quarter that Japan's economy has shrunk. Is this a sign that Japan's stimulus efforts to cushion the blow from the pandemic are not working? And broadly, do you think Japan's G D P could affect sentiment in the region?
1: I think Japan's G D P numbers could affect sentiment in the region, but it, is, it doesn't come as a major, major surprise because if you look at the second quarter GDP numbers coming out elsewhere, mm. uh, U.S., Europe, they've all been very bad. In the case of the U.S., for example, the second quarter GDP numbers uh, you know, fell by as much as uh, 34%, if my memory serves me right. Mm. In the case of Europe, it was also double-digit uh, decline. So Japan's performance is in sync with what's happening, happening elsewhere in other major economies. Uh, stimulus measures... Uh, You know, essentially, the, the stimulus measures were not intended to boost the economy. They were intended to provide relief from the pandemic. And, uh, you know, so I think it's uh, not fair to say the measures are not working. Uh, We thought the measures the decline could have been even more. Uh, I think but going forward into the coming quarters, things could improve. Uh, The markets were expecting the second quarter numbers to be really bad, and that's what you saw in Japan as well.
0: No surprise there. Okay, got it. Trading this morning, though, is relatively light. One analyst put it this way. The dog days of summer are officially upon us. He wrote this in his morning memo. Vasu, what do you think are the top three factors that will be affecting trade? This week.
1: Well, it'll be a combination of factors. Number one, I think earnings, uh, they're winding down in the US. But nevertheless, you know, you've got a couple of uh, retailers, uh, especially Walmart, announcing earnings this week. And the markets will be uh, paying very close attention to that earnings number coming out of Walmart because it will give you a clue about retail sales in the US. You've also got other key US uh, economic data and economic data like euro coming up this week. For example, you've got the initial jobless claims in the US uh, Markets will be watching out to see if that number stays below the million dollar threshold. It it fell below a million dollars last week, and question is whether it'll stay below that. Uh, you've got PMI numbers coming out of the U.S. as well as Europe. That will give you a pretty good idea about how the second quarter, you know, economic performance is panning out. And of course, finally, we've got the or the third factor would be really the FOMC minutes. You know, the mm-hmm. minutes from the FOMC July meeting. Mm-hmm. That will give you an idea about what the Fed thinks about. Uh, monetary policy, the outlook going ahead.
0: On U.S.-China relations, a six-month review of the so-called first-phase trade deal has been postponed. And Despite mounting tensions between the two, they've both kept relatively mum on this postponement. Some market watchers saying the U.S. has been waiting to see if China will follow through on purchases of U.S. oil, uh, which it now appears to be doing. What is your take, Vasu?
1: Well, you know, I think it is not a game changer. Mm. I think the markets sort of anticipated that this might happen. I mean, the markets are expecting a meeting to take place uh, over the weekend, uh, but that meeting has been postponed indefinitely. Uh, given the tensions within the U.S., given the political, uh, you know, rhetoric taking place, I'm not surprised that, you know, it's been postponed. It's a, you know, political move on on, on the part of both governments. They don't want to be seen as being weak. Uh, but, you know, I don't think it means, uh, the good news is that they have not cancelled the phase one trade deal. If Trump goes ahead and cancels the phase one trade deal or indicates that the phase one trade deal is going to be, you know, uh, rescinded, uh, then I think, you know, that will be bad news for the markets. But they've just postponed the talks and, mm. I, I think it's largely expected. It will not make a big, big den on... Uh Global oil market.
0: Vasu Menon is executive director for investment strategy at OCBC Bank. In the U.S., Vasu, the Democratic Party will hold its national convention this week. Joe Biden officially becoming its nominee for president. The convention is largely going virtual uh, with social distancing. There are also going to be some high profile speeches Michelle Barack Obama, Bernie Sanders, uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Do you expect the convention or Trump's reaction to it to have any impact on share prices?
1: I think it will have some impact on the share prices. I mean, it will bring into focus uh, the U.S. elections. I mean, so far we've talked about the U.S. elections, but, you know, the Democratic National Convention kicks off the U.S. election cycle and the U.S. election takes place in November. So this will kickstart the whole process, bring the focus of the markets onto U.S. elections. And what Biden, uh, what Kamala Harris, what Michelle Obama, uh, what other keynote speakers say will set the tempo. And that will elicit a response on Trump and give you an idea of the kind of, you know, rhetoric exchanges. Uh, that will take place in the coming months that, that could rattle the Nelson Investors.
0: It'll set the tone. OK, one headline that caught my eye, Vasu, over the weekend and that a lot of other investors uh, were mentioning was this one. Warren Buffett trades Goldman Sachs for gold. Now, that headline slightly misleading because Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway, didn't actually buy gold in the second quarter of the year. It bought a Canadian gold mining company, Barrick Gold, which has actually performed better than gold so far this year. So a couple of questions here about Buffett's latest moves but let's start with this Vasu what do you think of his strategy of buying a mining company instead of going straight for the precious metal itself well I think it makes sense
1: but you know buying a mining company uh, carries greater risk I mean as in like uh, you know typically mining stocks provide additional leverage so if gold prices go up 10% uh, you could have you know mining stocks going up by 20 30% or even more so there's some degree of leverage uh, with mining companies Uh, and you're buying on into gold when you buy a mining company, you're also buying into management, you're buying into a lot of other uh, factors that, you know, uh, affect the performance of the the company. So, you know, more conservative investors, they prefer to buy gold directly as opposed to buying buying, mining companies because when you buy mining companies, you know, you're buying a gamut of other factors as well.
0: Interesting. After cracking the 2000 level, gold dropped four and a half percent this week, closing at around one thousand nine hundred forty five U S dollars an ounce. What is your take on the precious metal? Is it a Still a good hedge against uncertainty. Do you see it having much upside, Vasu?
1: Definitely, we're still positive on gold. But having said that, in the short term, it may still continue to pull back a little bit more. Uh, it's a very crowded trade, at least in the short term. But in the medium term, we forecast that you know gold in the next 12 months could hit $2,150 an ounce. You know, that's still a decent return from where it is right now. Uh, it's a, definitely a good hedge against uncertainty. We see the U.S. dollar weakening. We see interest rates remaining low. Uh, And gold is emerging as a distinct asset class, which is gaining traction with central banks, institutional investors, retail investors. So I think it's a multi-year trend. I mean, gold, I think you need to have some of it in your portfolio. It's sort of an insurance policy uh, for investing in markets like that.
0: One more question about Buffett's investments. He completely sold off his stake in Goldman Sachs and trimmed his holdings of other banks, including Wells Fargo, J.P. Morgan Chase and PNC. He's also sold off shares in fast food restaurants and an energy company, but has added to his positions in a grocery store chain and a REIT called Store Capital. Broadly, Vasu, what do you think of his latest COVID-19 investment strategy?
1: Well, you know, Buffett has got his own reasons for investing in the market. Uh, you know, it uh, may not be the same uh, rationale strategy that retail investors, individual investors may want to apply. Mm. Uh, but I can understand his concerns with uh, the banking sector, uh, given what's happening with COVID-19. It makes sense for him to buy a grocer. Uh, and REITs, I mean, I think REITs will, will still be invoked. we given very low interest rates. So I understand his strategy, uh, but I wouldn't uh, write off the banking sector altogether. I mean, it's a, it's a mainstay uh, as far as the economy is concerned, uh, and you see an economic recovery taking place uh, on the back of reopening and a vaccine being developed, then you could see money moving out of the technology sector that has attracted a lot of money towards cyclicals, and uh, that could benefit the banking sector as well. So his strategy is something that's uh, you know pretty long-term. It's based on his views, mm-hmm. but may not necessarily be something that all retail investors want to
0: practice. Well, we love sharing your views here. Thank you so much for joining us, Vasu.
1: Thank you for
0: having me. He's Vasu Menon, Executive Director for Investment Strategy at OCBC Bank, joining me this morning in Market View. With local stocks, the Straits Times Index dropped a bit on Friday, but still managed to chalk up a 1.4% gain from the week, finishing off at 2581. The SDI currently trading at 2,578.99. Before acting on the information on Money FM,